This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. It's Michael here, and today I've got Bettina Gordon-Wayne on the line. How are you? Oh, really good, Michael. How are you? I am great. Uh, we met back at the New Media Summit way back in February of 2019, although it shouldn't feel that long ago, but uh, we're recording this in June, so it's amazing how 2019 is just flying by. But uh, it was such a great conference, and uh, you know, we obviously connected there. And I was really impressed with, with your story and, and the work that you do. And so, you know, tell the audience a little bit about your background and, and some of the awesome work that you're doing. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I am a trained, a professional journalist, and I have an accent, as you can hear. I was originally, I was born in Vienna, Austria, and came to America when I was in my mid-20s for my work as a journalist. And I've lived a life that is a little more different than most of my peers in Austria, if not almost all of them. And I did my life just, you know, everything happened a little later for me. I met my husband later. I was already for 10 years in New York City, forging my new life uh, there and, you know, becoming more and more known as a journalist. And uh, I didn't meet him until I was in my late 30s. And then I had my first child at the age of 44. And I know this, and we all know this, in America, in Canada, in Europe, I mean, it's very similar around the globe, at least in the Western world, how intense ageism really is. How much we're focused on youth and how unusual it was for many people that I had my first child at 44. It was totally normal to me because I um, am third generation of women who have the children in their 40s, healthy children. My grandmother did it, my mom had me at 42. So for me, it was totally logical. And I wanted to share my experience as a mature woman, as a mature mother with, uh, with a wider audience and being a journalist, I thought like, oh, I want to write a book about it. And I did. And when I researched first, you know, just the topic of later motherhood, Michael, I noticed there is ageism around this and prejudice around this topic you would not believe. Every woman who is entering the... It's uh, such a weird expression, but the dreaded, it's called advanced maternal age bracket that starts already at 35. Yeah. She, this woman gets nothing but negativity. All she's told is about now she has to hurry. You know, the ticking time bomb in her body, the clock is going to go off any moment now. Her fertility is going to drop like crazy and after 40 basically goes into free fall. There is so much um, fear and anxiety that is pushed towards these women that it is not helping anybody. When I saw that during my research for my book, I thought like, oh my God, that can't be. There's so many beautiful benefits to having children later in life that I really, it became very personal to me. And I set out to change this crazy pants narrative that the older you get, the more difficult it's going to become. And you know, all this doom and doom, doom and gloom scenario, I really set out to change and give this a narrative of hope 
and possibility. And in all this research, oh, and by the way, uh, my book is called The Joy of Later Motherhood. I wanted to, <laughs> I should mention that, The Joy of Later Motherhood, because this is really what it is for me. And the more I did my research, the more I also learned about what just about age and ageism and what we perceive to be pressure that's put upon us from the outside world. And it does come. But Michael, in my research, you know, I realized one thing that, yes, we may get a lot of negative messaging from the outside, but true age is an inside job. It truly is an inside job. And that is, I think this is the message that you and I connected strongly back in, in January, because it may have started out for me as working with women, as helping women who want to become, or they just, for, for whatever reason, they come to, to motherhood later in life than many others. I wanted to help them overcome their limiting beliefs that around, around age, because I want them to have their babies. I want them to have their dreams. And what I noticed in all this work is that this notion of age is an inside job is really true for almost all of us, for almost all of us, because I know there are many people listening to us right now and they have given up on things because they thought it's too late to do them. And I mean, let me just ask you, let's go back even to, to a time when nobody would think, like now we're thinking as a teenager, we were really young. But back then, we've already given up things. Back then, just think back, did you give up, for example, making a sports team or joining the debate team or being part of a society? You know, it starts in teenagers, like, oh no, we're too late to do that. Then think about your mid-twenties. What did you give up? Did you, for instance, give up having a certain kind of body? Did you give up having a certain kind of lifestyle? Did you already back then give up your dream of traveling the world? And did you give up your dream of maybe marrying one of the guys from NSYNC, or in my case, Russell Crowe? <laughs> You know, we have all these dreams that we start to give up very early in life and it starts way earlier than we think. And so today, and, and, and we, we just get used to it. You know, we just used to getting used to giving up our dreams. And now we find ourselves in a situation in, at an age, whatever you are right now, when you gave up so much that you may not even be thinking about your dreams anymore, you know? What is it that you gave up? Did you give up having a spouse, a loving partner in your life? Or maybe did you already give up having the child or the children that you so want? Have you given up on the second house or becoming wealthy? Did you give up on... I don't know, becoming an artist or a really wonderful organic farmer. Yeah, there's so many things that you mentioned there that and then you hit it right on the head where throughout, throughout our lives, we, we hit these periods in time which are external 
saying, well, you're too old for this. You're too old, too old for that. You know, whether it's, you know, wow, you're, you're having babies now and you're in your forties, you know, you know, why did you wait so long? It's like, it's these societal um, things that people put on us. And, yes. and quite frankly, you know, you know, I, I just, myself, I just, you know, turned 50 earlier this year. I don't feel or look my age. And, no. and I know, you know, similar to, you know, what you'd, you know, put in you and, and the information you sent in, you know, your, your age, you know, from, you know, testing is actually much younger than your actual age. And I know without going through that test that I am too. And how how much younger? Well, I often joke that I'm perpetually twelve, but I don't I don't I don't think I'm that young. But um, but I I certainly you know when I when I do the math and it's like wait a minute you know how how am I that age that doesn't that doesn't seem right because I don't feel it and I don't act it and I don't you know it just but it's it's all internal and what's unfortunately is when you have external voices and, and things in society telling you this is how it's supposed to be, you can internalize it, which then can have an impact on um, your ability to have a child uh, after age 40 or uh, take on that new role or be athletic or join uh, a team or uh, anything else you want to do. Because you're listening to those outside inputs and you're taking them as, as truth and you're validating them. And next thing you know, yeah, yeah, they were right. Well, they weren't right initially, but you believe them to be right. So you made it um, your reality and people you, you have, you have a choice. And, and you know, one of the things you had mentioned in the show or the, uh, the pre-note of the, of the call today is, you know, it's never too late. And I think that's a, a mantra that uh, we all should embrace. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think what you just said is so right that we have internalized this, whatever we believe around age to be true. The thing is, we are getting the messaging. We've gotten those messages already so early. It starts in our childhood that we get messages around age. So, they accumulate. I mean, first of all, congratulations on your birthday. It's a big, big milestone. And yes, uh, I agree. You don't, even, you don't look at it at all or behave like a 50-year-old, which is uh, bringing me to, to the point that I wanted to make now. It's like, yes, yeah, so we've heard these messages before so many times and through the decades. And now it is really important in order to make a shift psychologically and physically if you find yourself stuck with the age that you have and whatever you think about the age it is really important to take take a moment sit down and think about your age because you know often we hear oh age is just a number um it's not just a number age is the number that you attach certain stories emotions and consequences to we all do it we have a number that we attach meaning to and consequences like when it comes to to having children for many it's like oh my god 35 or 40 
I am too old. Consequence is I can't have my dream anymore. Consequence is also very often I won't even try anymore. Um, for others, it may be already in the 30s. When it comes to your career, very often I see, and I think, um, Michael, it would be good if you could chime in here too, when it comes to career, now at age 50, I grew up learning or getting the message that if you are 50 and you have a career and you get fired, for example, you will never find a job again because with 50, it's over. That was my, the stories that I heard when it came to business and being 50. We all have those, the stories and emotions and consequences attached. And we need to look at them and see, oh, what do I actually believe about an age? What is it? And are these thoughts that were given, actually they came to me from somewhere else, are they still true for me? Do I still believe them? And this is where it really starts. When we want to change this inside job of ages and inside job, and we want to change that, we have the ability to do this inside as well. And from there, we can bring all the agility that we really need physically as well as mentally into our lives again. But this is where it starts. So just out of curiosity, did you have a certain something notion attached to the age of 50, like 10 years ago when you were 40 or 35 or 30, when you thought like, oh, you had something about 50 and your career. What was it? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and I, I felt that, you know, when you are at that age, um, the, the types of roles that are available for you um, are not as, you know, there's not as many of them as what you could find if you're, you know, in your 30s and even mm -hmm. potentially in your 40s. But, and there's reasons for that because oftentimes, depending on your career path, you're, you're higher up in, in, the, in the rung. So there's, you know, less mm -hmm. senior management and executive type roles than there would be in managerial roles or even coordinator or other type of services roles. There's, there's differences in that. Um, but I thankfully, you know, had the confidence that, you know, being, you know, hitting this, you know, 50 plateau that I wasn't concerned that I would be able to find um, roles and opportunities that would be uh, beneficial to me and that I could contribute to. And I think that's it, it, going back to you know, our conversation earlier about internalizing uh, stories and, and, and beliefs and, and whatnot is you can be, you know, 50 years old or, or older and, and still have the, the vigor and the energy and the skill set and the mindset of somebody younger where you can contribute great things to an organization or or in, in my situation, you know, when, you know, we're working with, with people or working with organizations, you know, I've got a, you know, a, a pretty long and diverse career that I've, mm -hmm. you know, had, and I utilize all of those lessons learned, which makes for a more robust uh, opportunity for organizations that bring me on and for people that I engage with, because I've got such a, a huge uh, diverse background and, I, uh, if I give anybody any advice is like, you know, 
pay attention to what you're learning along the way in your career because these are skills that you'll be able to use throughout your career and you may you may end up using them in different ways than you thought you did uh, but I, I you know I, I i was very you know positive thinking when i came to okay when i'm in my 50s yeah i don't want to be bouncing around between jobs but i wasn't overly concerned that i wouldn't get something but you hear stories you know about people that are in their 50s that lose their job and they believe the hype of you won't be able to find anything and like we've we've talked about already what you you know put in your mind to be factual you you can convince yourself that it's factual and you can say well i'm never going to get a job now that i'm 50 i've lost my mm-hmm. job well if you're thinking that way guess what you're putting that out there as an energy as well and you have that in your mindset and you're putting yourself in doubt and guess what you're you're not and of course it will have a ripple effect on your age and you'll you'll start you know if you were a young 50 uh, if you don't take care of yourself and you're constantly putting these negative thoughts in your mind you're going to be a very old 50 in a very short period of time so mindset is a huge huge factor in this as well absolutely i think it well it's the yeah i mean you know the body feeds into the mind the mind feeds into the body what I wanted to say is that I believe that working on mindset is our number one priority. And at the same token, I'm also saying that we cannot leave the body to the wayside, let it go to the wayside, because what we feed our body influences the state that we're in. What we are feeling influences our thoughts. What we're thinking influences our feeling. So it is a two-way street um, but I think the magic word here that also you already touched upon is agility. Agility physically as well as mentally, because you just mentioned you were not too concerned about your age at all, because you are flexible enough to think that, okay, you have certain kind of skills that you're really masterful in, but the way you apply those skills, you are open to that. You are not rigidly thinking, okay, it has to be this way in this kind of position, this kind of job. You just said before that by being open to different ways of applying what you are really good in, that worked for you. And this is the agility that I think is really, really important to develop. And I think it's also never too late to develop this agility. Because, you know, we can also already find 30-year-olds that are really old physically and mentally already. So it's not just a question of, of, uh, of age, for sure. It's a question of the thought process that you have. And very often when I have these conversations with people about age, and, I, you know, like that's the first thing when, when women come to me, to be mentored by me, we always talk about their beliefs at around age and their stories. And um, often I found that if people give me a hard time with age and they say, yeah, but I get a lot of yeah, buts. And yeah, this is my dream, but the underlying emotion is actually one of lack of self-worth. It's this question of, can I even have this? Am I allowed to dream 
that much? Can my life be so radically different than it is right now? It's a question of self-worth. And very often this is where we start our work together. Just this, it, it starts like way deeper, you know, the, all, the, the whole work. But once you, for yourself, find peace and say, yes, I am worthy of my dream. And yes, I am going to take steps towards it. I will not just forget about it and then regret it on my deathbed. I'm going to do something. Um, it's this notion of, yes, I deserve it. Yes, I am allowed to live a bit differently than others. And this is then when the first movement comes and when agility starts to build up. And this is a very fragile time that I always um, advise my, my, my ladies that I'm working with is not to share too much of your dream with the naysayers because they're going to come very quickly and give you all the reasons and sometimes to even mean well why this is not going to work, why you shouldn't do that. So be very, very mindful of who you even share your, your dreams with. But take the steps. Take the steps. And I'm, for example, a big fan of taking small steps. Like my husband and I, we recently, just about, I don't know, a few months ago, we both said that we would like to live in the Caribbean for a couple of of years with our boy and you know like for, so for me I was in my mid-20s when I left uh, Austria all by myself and made a new life in New York so I've done it but I was all by myself back then now I have a family I have a husband I have a five-year-old boy I also had um, breast cancer last year so I have to take into consideration that I really have to have very good health care because even though I'm totally done with this topic, I am, you know, this is going to be a mere flip on my health radar in 50 years from now. <laughs> so uh, even though I'm completely done, I still need to have really good health insurance. So it's not, it's not going to be easy to get the parameters in place that we need in order to say, okay, so the three of us and our dog we are going to go to a Caribbean island for a few years to live. But we are taking the first steps already. Like next week, we're going to fly down to Puerto Rico and check out Puerto Rico. Maybe this is a beautiful island for us to live for a few years and we're checking it out, you know? So I don't have everything in place yet at all. And I have to take care of very important parameters before I go, but we are doing it. We're checking out Puerto Rico to see how it works. And for us, it, that would be an island that we could see, see ourselves uh, living for a few years. And I've spoken to other people, they have a dream, like a couple, I was listening to a podcast, I'm sorry, I forgot his name now, he wrote a book about the experience, um, but they traveled with the three little children on a boat around the world. And when they made, when his wife and uh, this gentleman, when they made the decision, this, this is what they would like to do, I think they didn't even own a boat yet. It took them five years. They made a five-year plan 
to do this, they already had two small children. Then they had a third one that was two years old when they went on their year long, I think, or two years around the world that I, I, I forgot the details. But the point is that they planned it out meticulously, that they learned how to navigate a big sailing boat. They learned, they became like paramedics because both of them wanted to know, okay, what if something happens on the boat in the middle of the ocean? How can I help myself and help my children? So they did all the education that they needed to do. They planned. It was five years. And believe me, they had a lot of people saying, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? But they did it. So I think taking some time and doing baby steps is hugely important and refreshing. And this is what makes the difference. Like for us, going down to Puerto Rico is totally energizing to me because I'm taking the first step towards my dream. And I know this is what's needed to make this dream come true. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, it, it's it's amazing and you know going back to what we said before it's never too late you just mm-hmm. you just decide what you want to do map it out um and you know notice you know along the way you know the journey will be you know, may have you know some you know ebbs and flows and things like that but enjoy enjoy the process the whole way and you know set that goal and 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 make it happen and give yourself the permission um, yes. to do that that's absolutely amazing yeah. Bettina, Bettina I have loved our conversation today uh, where can people find out more about you and and the awesome work that you're doing yes thank you very much my website is bettinagordon.com bettina is b as a boy e T-T-I-N-A, Gordon is G-O-R-D-O-N, BettinaGordon.com. Also on Facebook, I am Facebook, Bettina Gordon. On Instagram, it's Bettina.Gordon. Um, I would love to hear from you because what I'm doing now, and very briefly, uh, you alluded to that already, Michael, uh, that there's a the difference in between chronological and biological age. And I recently did my blood test to find out, I wanted to know, like, how, how is my body doing? It was especially also important to me after the whole cancer journey. And lo and behold, it turns out, even after this intense journey last year, my body is still, is still six years younger than my chronological age, which is awesome to me. But now I want to push the boundary even further. I want to get even younger with age. So what I'm doing right now, this upcoming year, started on June 1st, I'm dedicating to widening the gap between my biological and chronological age even further, you know, and I put certain, certain parameters and, and certain protocols into place in order for me to do that. So this is what I'm going to write and um, write and you know speak about mostly in the year to come because I want to know like how much younger I can get physically even though my my birth certificate you know that is that is something I cannot stop but the uh, but the the health of my body and the aging of myself I I have a say in that and I'm exercising it (laughs) this is what I'm going to do now for the year to come so if you're interested Please follow me again, BettinaGordon.com. Facebook, it's Bettina Gordon and Bettina.Gordon uh, on Instagram. 
Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. Well, thank you so much, an audience. I'll have that information in the show notes. Always great to talk to you, and I look forward to seeing you. You know, look like a teenager the next time we see each other. <laughs> yes. Because I'm, I'm guessing that's probably what you'll look like. You're, you're pretty close to it anyway. So oh keep, God, keep, you. keep doing it. So until <laughs> next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.